Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop and nail it. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Yes, 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 y'all. It's a science thing. It's a science place. And welcome, one and all, to the one, the only, home of the... Protonic Reversal. (laughs) Nothing's working. Everything is terrible. We live in a terrible hellscape full of, um, I don't know, uh, mediocrity holds sway and... Protonic reversal. Yeah, there we go. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. When in doubt, turn it off and turn it on. That's what I say. That's my maxim in life. That's my 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 ethos. Is that my ethos? Sure. When in doubt, turn it off, turn it on. I suppose you could do worse than that, right? Uh, hey, glad to be here. Glad to be here with you. Let's get real, people. It's tough out there. It's tough out there. There's a lot of reasons to stop doing stuff. It's a whole thing. And, you know, I feel like quitting every day. (laughs) Think of that what you will. (laughs) How one can go from top of the world to the very bottom so quickly can... can, It's surprising to me, but it's not something that... uh, it's not relegated to one person. Know what I mean? We're all out there. We're all suffering. We're all, uh, you know, we're trying to make it, man. We're trying to trying to make something cool happen, and that's cool, and that's worthwhile, and that's uh, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's completely exhausting. There, there is no, um, there's no Josh right now. Uh, co-host Josh Davis a.k.a. the most popular part of the show, is in New York, or on his way to New York. Yeah, we wish him well. I always miss him, especially when I'm getting set up and stuff. Uh, but we have a great guest for you today. We it, it's, it's, it's even more ridiculous to use the royal we when it's literally just me in the room. But here we are. And we have a great guest, Andrew Elsner, from the incredible... Dead now, and tilts. Torch. He was in Torch. That's gonna be a whole thing. Riddle of Steel. Riddle of Steel, man. Looking forward to talking to that dude. It's gonna be fun. He's got a story. I'm hoping he's gonna tell it. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. How am I doing? Asked literally nobody. Terrible. Thanks for asking. 
<laughs> I'm here. Another day above water. You know, more or less. What can I say, man? It's a living. It's a life. High, highs. Lows. It's tough out there, man. It's tough out there being a neutral. I'm just saying, man. I know, is it? I feel like I got it pretty easy, actually. But stuff's not cool. Stuff's not cool. But that's depressing. So why don't we hear a tune? <laughs> so we're going to play... Uh, why don't we play... I know what we're going to play. We're going to play you a song that actually was the original... Uh, first of all, I'm super psyched. Andrew Elson is one of my favorite guitar players. Fantastic dude. I'm excited to hear what he's been up to. Dead Now is a super fucking cool band that uh, just came out. Don't even have anything recorded. Here's what we're going to do. But we'll also... um, The old theme song for this show was a tilt song. (laughs) Flat out. There's no other way to put it. Uh, That's how much I like that band. And... uh, the current theme song is one of my songs because I'm a, I don't know, I just felt like it fit. But let's let's play that song first. I'm gonna play you a song by Dead Now, which is the newest band, and it's not a recorded song. It's just a live thing, so you know I don't want to hear about it. But it, it's it's great. It gives you an idea of the absolute badassery that is uh, that, that's still to come, right? So. What's first here, as I earlier mentioned, the song Ozark Bowtie by Tilts. Uh, I think the song utterly kicks ass. Everyone I play it for thinks it utterly kicks ass. I liked it so much. It was the theme song for this show. Of course, this show being Protonic Reversal. And, uh, you know, that, that goes for a lot. I don't, I don't do that that often. They were kind of like the best of all things classic rock <laughs> in a good way. And much missed. I'm looking forward to talking to him about it. Uh, anyway, whatever. We, we get it. This is Ozark Bowtie Tilts. It goes a little something like this. Talking to Andrew Hilson shortly. It was a protonic reversal. Tone of Neutron.
Yeah, that was Dead Now. That is a that is a live song. I have no idea what uh, that song is called, <laughs> like, at all. But, uh, you know, hey, it's a new band. What are you going to do? Uh, so before that, of course, we had uh, Tilts, the uh, Ozark Bowtie, the old theme song of the show. It's a good tune. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. That was not totally not the Dead Now song I was gonna play. By the way, <laughs> I totally don't know what it's called. I got I got nothing. It's a whole it's a whole goddamn thing, man. It's a whole thing. Anyway, Andrew Elstner coming up. Let's play another song. Why don't we? This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be the song that I actually meant to play, which is um, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I got nothing on that. <laughs> what am I gonna say? I meant to play one song. I played another. <sighs> Yeah. So this is uh, from Caledonia Lounge. Uh, I don't know the name of this one either. You're welcome, America.
Right now we have Mr. Andrew Elsner. Oh, uh, what? What is it? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Like, who? Like, did I call into the wrong damn show? <laughs> you definitely did not, my friend. You definitely did uh, not. You were the right place. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to be talking to you, man. It's it's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a while, dude, hasn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, I was trying to think of uh, the last time you were on. I want to say it was like episode five or something. It was. It was uh, now we're like episode one hundred and like I don't know something. <laughs> it's a hundred. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! I mean, I know it was, it was a, probably about three years ago. Yeah, uh, we're at episode one, one, for those keeping track, this is episode 117, and I literally had to look that up, and I'm on this show. <laughs> but you know how it goes, you know Fantastic. how you do. So lifetimes have been oh, lived, yeah, yeah. battles, yeah. journeys have been uh, yeah. have been fought. <laughs> and uh, Dead Now yeah. just played, uh, w- w- were those the first shows, the Atlanta and Athens shows, that I played almost every piece of audio I had from? Um, those were show number, I think maybe six and seven. Um, yeah, we st- the first show, God, now it's been such a crazy, you know, five, six, seven, eight months. Uh, and, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm outside. There's like friends coming up and saying hello. <laughs> uh, I know it's hard and, uh, being so popular. I understand. Yeah, no, we we. I mean, yeah, we played. God, I'm gonna forget so many. Ah, we played with Elder. We played with Red Fang. We played with Wand. Uh, we did those two shows uh, with. Uh, oh my God, my fucking brain. Uh, Brandon Canny and Joe Lolly from Fugazi. Uh, the Mesthetics. Yeah, Mesthetics. Yeah, were totally super fun shows. Um, with uh, Mother Motherfucker and uh, um, oh god, what are they? Uh, Potenti Shift. Yeah, I, I know what the replicator yeah. it is, and I just keep forgetting yeah. the name. Yeah, that's that looked fantastic. Like I believe I said, I would have. That's one that I would have like traveled down to. Yeah, uh, play my it was show. it was so much. It was so much fun. Like the vibes were super high both nights. Actually, uh, the Atlanta venue five two nine. That was the first night of their the official grand opening of their expansion. So like a way bigger room, brand new stage. Like we were the first. Well, Technically, the aesthetics for the first band to set up and sound check on it, but then we got to play the first, the first ever band to play a full show. Wow, uh, nice! A little historic moment. Uh, hopefully, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, and then the next night, Caledonia and Athens is always fun. Uh, it's been a while. I think the last time I played there, at least once or twice with Torch, and I think a few times with Riddle of Seal back in the day. So it's been a while. Say so hate all those guys. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, and you guys have kind of been doing the organic sort of building up, uh, you know, playing some shows, kind of, yeah, kind of thing. It's not like necessarily springing forth from the head of Zeus fully formed necessarily, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I've known those guys, uh, Derek and Bobby, uh, the uh, bass player and drummer respectively, uh, for, for a while. They play, you know, not on hiatus, they just haven't been doing a whole lot, a drum and bass duo called, uh, Day Old Man. <clears throat> who I was just a huge fucking fan of. I think they're outstanding, like super powerful, loud, like doomy with prog tendencies, like different vocals and like ice skating leotards on stage and like glitter on their faces and stuff. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Yeah. So it's really cool. And, um, yeah, I guess this was a little over a year ago, hit them up and, uh, yeah, we started jamming, I guess, uh, November of 2016. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and just been slowly chipping away, writing stuff. I mean, because all of us just broke and busy as hell, you know, like definitely wanting to get this off the ground so we can get to the position to write record tour as much as possible. Sure. Uh, but, um, yeah. And so a little six song dude coming out on brutal Panda, hopefully September. And, uh, yeah, and we'll go from there. 
Well, and I believe, I can't even remember, it's been so, like I said, like entire <laughs> kingdoms have been built and lost since the last time we spoke <laughs> on this show. Indeed. But last time I, I checked with you, I, I don't believe you had actually moved down uh, to Georgia yet. I, I think uh, you were still uh, in flux, sort of like touring dude. God, is that right? Was I in St. Louis? I think, I think, you, honestly, I think you were, because that's how long ago it was. Wow, I think I think you're right. We've talked as dudes, but I don't think you've been yeah, on the show yeah. since then. Is what it is. Wow. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it was seven years here, March first, and it's it's been awesome. I love it. I, Atlanta's amazing. Um, very much a good fit. It's super super relaxed, warmer weather, all the things. <laughs> And you've been doing some, uh, you know, you you you've entered the uh, high stakes corporate world of, of amps and pedals, <laughs> of course, too. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just in the shop right now, while taking a break to do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're a small company, Acorn Amps, based out of Atlanta, originally from Gainesville, uh, Florida. Um, Tyler Petito, the main owner, and then co-owner Bill. Although I think. It's sort of wrong. I think they're equal partners. I'm not quite sure, but uh, Bill Walters. Um, <laughs> right, right. I don't want to like step on toes if they're in there like listening right now. Okay. Oh, it's live online? Like, they're going to come out here and yell at me like, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> it's not, that's not <laughs> what it is. That's not it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, came in, started apprenticing a couple of years ago, and then uh, we moved to the new location, which is a lot closer to me, which is awesome. And uh, uh, yeah, I've been doing some stuff on my own you know, much the first amp that I was using in Torch. Uh, like I built that by myself, just a, uh, like a super lead style, uh, hundred watt head. Right. I, yeah, then, I, remember, yeah. I remember hearing that bad boy. It sounded great. Yeah, it turned out okay. And it's since built a second one, which is, uh, another Marshall, uh, like a 2203, like an OG, a hundred watt JMP style, but I added a, uh, Ken Fisher Universal Gain Stage, like an extra tube circuit for all the nerds listening. Um, <laughs> I was um, going to say, I am, I am so not the target audience for that, but I appreciate that you're saying <laughs> it nonetheless. Ken Fisher, Ken Fisher is the guy from Trainwreck Amps, and I think he only made something like 20 or 30. Gotcha. And they set, they sell for twenty five thirty thousand dollars $30,000. He worked with Ampeg back in the day. Okay. Helped design, helped design the SVT. Uh, if, if Ben Adrian I, 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 is listening to this, he's screaming at his listening device right now. I guarantee you. Yeah, somebody's going like, he didn't have to. Be, he only ha huh, huh. ah. But, uh, I'm gonna write such uh, an angry uh, email. Yeah, but then long story short, just sort of fell into doing more pedals uh, than amp stuff recently, just because it's sort of easier to move. If you know, trying to make a commission on a sale, <laughs> you know. Well, and, I think uh, it, it does kind of yeah. also feel like we're in this. Not to interrupt, but uh, I'm going to. The it does yeah. kind of, it does kind of feel like we're in this crazy. Uh, boutique pedal kind of renaissance where people are just making cool stuff like everywhere, like all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's super inspiring. Uh, you know, there's companies uh, like Jex Telez, I believe, out of Detroit, and uh, Creepy Fingers, the bass player for Fu Manchu. I'm blanking on his name right now, forgive me. Uh, just like two of my absolute hero companies just doing beautiful work simple pedals, vintage style, right. really, really digging in deep to find old components, which, you know, I'm not trying to rip off their game. It's just, I'm inspired by their work um, versus, you know, something that's super, super complex and highly digital. You know, people 
buying IC chips that you program to do certain things and then put them in a pedal. Right. It's cool that it's cool that you can do that handmade, but I'm like, eh. Like I can I can buy that cheaper, you know, online from whoever, you know, if I want to do it. I'm not bagging on anybody's thing. It just Oh know. no, not at all. I mean it, it it's kind of I mean the way I look at it now, it's almost gotten to the point where going through and buying like a pedal from one of like the big chains when there's so many amazing uh, boutique things happening out there. Yeah, it's almost yeah. it's almost akin to you know. Oh, I only listen to CNN. I only watch CNN rather than like consuming right. any other media. Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> like, there's right. so many options. Right. For yeah, you. yeah. There's some really cool stuff, man, and it's super inspiring. Uh, there's so much to learn. There's uh, I don't know. Every day, you know, and especially in the shop, it's awesome because anything I don't know, I can sort of bounce bounce around from anybody in there. You know, I'm, I'm usually the guy going like getting to the end of the build going like, all right, here we go. Moment of truth. Plug it in. It's like me. Shit. Yeah. But it's, you know, just having other people around can speed the process. Like, Oh, uh, uh, take a, take a closer look, dude. Like see those two wires. Yeah. Like see how they're not. Yeah. Just dumb stuff. Like supposed to be flipped. Idiot. <laughs> like, uh, 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 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so still, still learning a lot. Like I'm more of a, I would qualify myself as more of a high quality builder than I am designer. Uh, like modding is fine, but you know, often the the thing I'm running against now is like things sort of getting more popular and people going like, dude, I want you to build me a thing that's like an OCD, but also a big muff and also kind of like a clon. And also I want it to have like a sub octave and a this, but all in like one tiny box and like, but like I, like, yeah, not only would that cost, sure. yeah, that'll, you know, <laughs> that'll be a one-off, and you want it to be, you know, like it would be a proprietary circuit, you know, it would be like you're, you sound like a twenty-five hundred dollar pedal, dude. Like I can't, you know, like, how about I just sell you a fuzz? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, so far I've been having a blast. I mean, is it weird, uh, you know, dealing with? You know, fellow musician folks, and like having like that side of it, like you're almost, you know, like a, like do you ever feel like a, like a street vendor, like sample my wares, sir, the finest chainmail, uh, you know, like that kind of. Yeah, thing. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I guess, and not to be, uh, prideful about it. Like if I was selling junk, you know, right, I, I would feel, sure. I would feel less honor in it. You know, like oh, I'm just gonna, hey, it turns out you can sell shit to these fucking idiots, man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, I, I want to build stuff and. And this will smack of shit talking, but sometimes you get some boutique stuff in here are sort of like rare, you know, like, oh, have you ever heard of, well, you know, obviously not going to name names. And you crack them open and you're like, dear God, look at this thing. Like, I would not, like, I was feeling sort of anxious about my stuff. Like, I would not, you know. Right. But then, like, yeah. some shoddy builds that are like quasi legendary. And you look at the guts, you're like, dear God, like, I don't, you know, come on, people. Uh, but, uh, and you never know. I mean, it really, at the end of the day, as long as it works and it sounds cool, it's, it's tour-worthy. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't... It, it's definitely not, you know, some... You know, it's not a huge source of income, <laughs> you know? Right, right, for sure. But, I mean, I think you said something kind of important there with, like, tour-worthy. And I'm... Yeah. <laughs> coming out as someone yeah. that is, you know, relatively <clears throat> caveman-like and... and <laughs> most of my stage right. persona like durability yeah, yeah. is such an important thing that you can have the most fancy 
expensive custom thing in the world, but if it's going to fall apart yeah. or break on you in the middle uh, middle of tour, like what you know, you're not going to be able yeah. to run out and oh, I'll go down to Guitar Center and buy another one. Yeah, come on, right? Really? Right? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you bought something unique, you know, it's what do you do? And you know, I tell everybody like if you buy something for me, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll fix pilot error, you know, up to a point. Uh, but yeah, any just continually send it back to me, and I'll I'll fix it for free or get it, you know. Get it to how you want it, but uh, get too already for sure. Like I want my stuff to just be built like a goddamn tank, you know. Like I want it to sound really good. Obviously, high priority, but really, if it sounds cool enough to where you can make it work within, you know, your guitar and amp and whatever else you're using, <clears throat> as long as it, yeah, you can drop that thing off the edge of a building and it'll be fine. Uh, is is almost more important to me at this point. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, and getting getting that reputation for durability too, so that people like know like, okay, this is you know, this is not gonna this is gonna be something I can trust rather than, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's gonna <clears throat> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm getting some good responses. I just sold a Big Muff clone, a Green Russian, I guess technically bubble font, I believe, uh, clone to Gavin Perry down in uh, Miami of uh, of Holly Hunt fame. And, uh, yeah, he was super stoked on it, which made me incredibly happy because he is definitely a pedal hound and loves, like, big, heavy, down-tuned tones. And, yeah, he was ex- extremely pleased with it uh, because, yeah, just one more moment of geekiness. We ran into, from an estate sale, a whole bag of, you know, NOS 2N3565, <laughs> you know, gold-plated lead transistors that were used in those original Big Muffs. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to use these see what we come up with and they sound killer like they sound really goddamn good uh and now here i am sounding like a salesman i'm just saying i was happy and you know you sort of hope people like it and to get a positive response is, is awesome you know you feel like you're on the right track well sure i mean i think that's uh you know it's it's the kind of thing where if you're making something i think in this day and age there's almost this expectation that if you're putting something out there in the world that, you know, it better match up to whatever you can get on the, you know, not that, sure. not that there's a pedal version of Etsy necessarily, but you know, there's well, just... you'd be, I mean, that's basically reverb. I mean, there's plenty of independent builders who just build, you know, uh, you know, a particular kind of fuzz circuit. I had a few tweaks to it or add, you know, I, you know, whatever, you know, kind of custom mods. And then, yeah, it's literally doing that, like selling hand built gear on reverb. You know, which yeah, it's the Etsy of pedals, I suppose. <laughs> sure, and and it's it's kind of fascinating because of this whole you know the, this this so sort of overwrought concept of disruption, right? And which is usually just <clears throat> means like the absolute destruction of uh, <laughs> of an industry that was doing perfectly right. fine before. But in certain yeah. cases where you have like okay, these these same. Uh, these same manufacturers have just dominated the field for like years and years and years mm-hmm. and, and just kind of fed, hey, here's the new whatever, and it's yeah, totally fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the well, ha- the smart companies will get in, you know. I mean, look at, uh, you know, Digitech. Those guys have always, and like DOD, they've always been really fucking cool to me. Uh, Tom Cram over there, shout out if you ever listen to this, uh, always been such a dude and really helpful with, Pedals and, you know, uh, amongst other companies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they did a pair, uh, I don't know how many they've done, but 
think it was like the Bone Shaker, maybe another one where they they, they teamed up with Black Arts, you know, Black Arts Stoneworks, you know, which is now, you know, extremely well-respected pedal company. But I think they sort of saw, like, hey, man, we can sort of try to, you know, just steal, uh, you know, not that they would, but, you know, a bigger company that just sort of trying to dominate. Like, hey, how about we just pair up with these dudes? Like, let's release something together. And that's what right. they did. And so, I don't know, maybe, hopefully, Rising Tide lifts all boats. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it almost kind of reminds me of, you know, when there was that beer camp stuff where the different brewers were getting together <clears> and, yeah. you know, just making cool and sometimes totally not cool, frankly, stuff. Sure. <laughs> but they, they were working yeah, yeah. together and they were trying and, like, I was like, wow, some of the yeah. breweries involved in this, I wouldn't expect them to be so bold uh, yeah. and helpful, like, to brewers that were kind of lesser known because they didn't feel like they would yeah. watch the game. It's just kind of like a cool thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, and that's that's effectively, we're, we're, that'll be the Guitar Geek version of, of this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody stopped listening. It just like glazed over look. Oh, my God, how much longer are they going to talk about pedals? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's, you know, people listen to that. People like that. They love that shit. It's like catnip for these nerds. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, I think it's fascinating and cool that you're, you know, the, the Dead Now is kind of, kind of ramping up like there's there's stuff to hear now there it sounds like there's a bunch yeah. of cool stuff that's happening you know a lot of people are you know are still unclear as to like the ending of torch i would say with mm-hmm. your timeline with it was very mysterious it wasn't something that was you know there wasn't like a press announcement necessarily right it was, right, it was right, very right. it was weird is, is the best way that i can put it and i, I was hoping <laughs> Can if you know you've never, you know me, you know I'm not one to like dance <clears throat> around the issue. Like I would love to hear what you sure, yeah, lay it on me. Um, you know it's it's been a while, you know, uh, where you know sort of where to begin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely hindsight, you know, at the time, you're like God, I didn't see this coming. What like, what the hell? Like, you know, it flattened me for a while. You know, not like. I mean, the first couple of days, I think I mentioned this before. Uh, that wasn't a um, clown, was it? What was it? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that horn? What was that? There's like some. Oh uh, no, I'm a, yeah. I'm at a clown. Con- yeah, I'm. I'm a, yeah, I'm into clowning and there's, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always knew you were down to clown, Andrew. But please continue. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, came off. Fresh off the heels of that uh, Red Fang tour, which, by the way, they're in Atlanta this evening, ho- hoping to hang out with them. They're playing Chattanooga tomorrow, nice. starting a huge tour with Clutch and Fireball Ministry and the Bronx, which is be a banger of a show. Oh, uh, man. So I'm hoping, hoping to have some beers yeah. with those dudes. Um, yeah, Aaron hit me up, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that tour, it just, you know, for it, yeah, I, I've it's the kind of thing where, like, I don't know how much information is appropriate, you know, because it's important to me to retain dignity for all parties. You know, it was just sort of like, it wasn't that financially successful, you know, it was mainly because we had to spend, we, we weren't very active before that last, or that European Red Bank tour. So we didn't have a lot of cushion to sort of pay for tickets, pay for merch, pay for a lot of things. I mean, I'm not blaming it all on this, but it was, I think it was definitely like a catalyst, you know, to sort of, like, all right, like, we have issues, and I just, like, this, the writing's on the wall, you know, like, this tour sucked, you know, financially, you know, it was a blast, but something's got to change here, and, like, now, you know, like, for, you know, I got 
basic, you know, sort of general uh, feelings of just, yeah, this isn't working. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was, like a, like I've said before, kind of a death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. When, it, when you're not an original member, you know, it's the third guitar player. They had Juan, they had Max, and they had me, and now uh, Eric Hernandez is playing bass, and I think John is playing guitar. And Eric's a fucking killer dude and a killer songwriter. I don't think you know he sings and plays guitar at Wrong, who are also awesome. Uh, um, uh, you know, and I, I think... But you feel like, yeah, it, not being an OG member necessarily kind of gives you a different yeah, perspective. Yeah, and anybody who's been in bands in that situation, you know, the le- the hard lesson learned is when you're ever in that situation again, you you are going to be, have to be the person who's proactive about communication, you know, making sure everything's cool. Like, Hey, so I know it's been a little bit, you know, I've been in the band like six years, but are you guys cool with me? Like, you know, it can be, you never know, man. Bands are fragile things. It can be the the color of your goddamn guitar. You know, somebody comes out there with something unfashionable or something and you're like, God damn it. (laughs) How do we, how do we tell this? You know, like, right. right. I wish uh, you would fucking stop that. It sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're up there, you know, like if it's the, I mean, it could be anything, you know, down to personal issues. I mean, there was never, there were, you know, confusing because there was never like fights, you know, there was, you know, any band argues, you know, but there was some disagreement over like level of activity where I definitely wanted to be working hard all the time. And not that they didn't want to, it was just sort of like, uh, you know, yeah, I got into deep discussions over like, Hey, I think the next year we're going to kind of chill. And I was like, well, Jesus why, you know, and you know, they've been doing, they, they've been in that band longer than I have. So my perspective on that was different as well. You know, that just sort of, when you try to Frankenstein on a new arm to your body, you know, there's going to be issues. You're going to constantly, you know, like it's more important to constantly maintain that or be on top of things than I think most people in bands realize, you know, like, people in rock bands aren't well known for being like ultra awesome at communicating, you know, and, at, <laughs> yes. and getting things off your chest, you know, it'll come out in like shitty barbed comments, you know, and, and you, and you never really know. And so, yeah, again, with hindsight now, it makes a lot more sense. Like, yeah, I guess I probably could have seen this coming. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, got home from that tour, played the fest in Gainesville next day out of the band. And like, and, uh, yeah, definitely, Damn. Yeah, it was it was super drag, but then you know, uh, and on people, you know, I don't I don't at all care for the dark side of things, you know. And I've it's just a hunch because I haven't heard anybody, you know, a lot of friends obviously still in the scene, you know. And it's like, and not that I would expect anything different from them, but there's been no like, dude, I was at the torch show, man. I heard all they talk so much trash. It's just been, you know, for them, I think they're, you know, like, yeah, just, it's, it's overdue and yeah. Uh, um, and so, you know what I'm saying? Like there hasn't, there, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> was there that the insane no, like, posse that just went by there? <laughs> God, might as well be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's been no, there's been no shit talking and it's, I, I don't want to, and I know that you're not asking me to. No, you know, not, at been no, not at all. There's been no reason to, you know, you can be frustrated, you know, get friends around town like, man, fuck those dudes. I will never see them again. Like, I'm sorry. I fucking erased him from my iPod. I'm like, man, don't do that. Like, come on, man. Like, it's, you're not, 
every band relationship is a very serious relationship, especially when you're around each other that long. It's chemistry. And, uh, it's, it's like a yeah. chemical reaction, you know, and different elements can yeah. different reactions. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an extremely selfish way. It's like you start to feel like, you know, my immediate fear was like feeling like blacklisted. You know what I'm saying? Where like, oh, sure. oh, like they're out all the time. Like, who knows what they're saying? You know, am I getting trashed behind my back? And I really don't think they were, man, because I, I know my people well enough and there would have been, there would have been rumors, you know, and I wouldn't have been like, well, they say that and I'm going to say this. It just, I don't think any of us had any interest in that. It's just like, well, this sucks. You know, they were super upset too, you know, and it was, it wasn't a fun experience, but no, it wasn't some like this fucking dude's got to go. Like he's shooting up backstage. He's fucking stealing money from the band or something, you know, it was, uh, I, you know, like they're Miami dudes, you know, they're used to each other. A lot of yeah. them like grew up together, you know, so it's, it's more of a regular bond where I'm coming from a completely different cultural perspective. And I mean that seriously, not better or worse, just different, you know, being like Midwestern, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, yeah, there's a different, it's, there's subtleties there, but like, I think there's sort of a, yeah, just a communication gap that eventually, sort of bit us in the ass. Do you feel um, like it caused some distance that, you know, just, I think just from the beginning, you know, even me just being new, you know, like there was never, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, uh, there would be regular band arguments or disagreements over stuff, but there was never like anything like rough, you know, I mean, stories of other guitar players who, you know, won't mention, you know, ending like in fist fights, you know, right, shit, yeah. <laughs> shit being thrown at the drummer's head on stage. We were like, whoa. Uh, um, yeah, just intense personalities, I suppose. But uh, um, uh, the bigger picture is, you know, I was able to, you know, help you know, co-write two full lengths, a few seven inches. We recorded that split 12 with Part Chimp, which was awesome. Uh, got to see and do things that I would have never, ever been able to do on my own. Uh, we traveled the world. We were in right. Australia, New Zealand, all over Europe, Eastern Europe. Uh, it was a blast, you know, and, and in a practical sense, I hope this doesn't sound shitty, you know, like able to maintain connections for the future because I have no interest in stopping. I'm like, well, hell, like hopefully, you know, from promoters to other bands to labels, you know, that sort of keep, the embers glowing for when the new thing uh, comes around, you know, like, you know, no hard feelings, business is business, I suppose. And uh, you're like, Hey, I've got a new thing. What do you think of it? And uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask is if, you know, kind of being in a, in a band that had that level of, you know, on, on some level of notoriety and, and level of connection, yeah. did yeah. that kind of open up some new, uh, some new horizons for you as far as like seeing what you can do and kind of being like, Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I mean, once you do it enough, you know, it sort of seems like unattainable when you're 16 years old playing guitar to yourself in your room, you know? Uh, and then once you get out there and do it, it's not like it becomes old hat and you're bored with it. It's more sort of empowering, I suppose, where you realize that it's, it's right there. It's just waiting to be sort of plucked, <laughs> And, 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 you know, it, it, the opportunities are there. You, it, it's about getting something together that is worthy, you know, whatever that, to whatever that means, you know, within your band or to other people, uh, and sticking to your guns, you know, it's like 
putting in the hours, you know, uh, yeah, putting in the work. Like, yeah. Like as, as, as Buzz says, uh, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I'm, fond, exactly. I'm fond of stealing that one. <laughs> Jesus, the dude is such a genius, man. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I, it, it, I say this all the time and it's not because I'm like an obsessive Melvin stand, but that dude's work ethic and his entire MO is one of my absolute heroes. Oh like, man, totally. Yeah. He, he says it so well. I mean, he's the godfather of the, basically the scene that we're still doing, you know, like, uh, one of them at least, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like, get off your ass and fucking work. You know, get the fucking job done. Uh, and, you know, not, you know what I'm saying, man? I'm not saying, like, put on a suit and tie and clock in. And, you know, it's, you should love it. You, like, no. you should, it, it, it is the whole thing. It is writing, recording, and touring. And if one of them really sucks for you, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but you might need to reassess, you know, like. Right. Uh, and how uh, you want to do it and, and what your actual goals are. I mean, I, it was explained to me, it actually wasn't on this show. It was just a a uh, very, you know, well-respected, especially, you know, in general, but also well-respected by me, musician just said, yeah, man, you got to make the journey to the destination. And I, you know, oh, uh, yes. I chewed on that a long time. Incredibly true. Yeah, incredibly true. You're like, oh, man, I fucking hate touring. I hate it. Like, well, especially now, like, you know, like, you can still make music. You can still release it. You know, it's just, but if you're trying to, it's not turn it into a career or turn it into a money maker. Like, but if you're also sitting at home, not wanting to tour and wondering why you're not making money, you know, like I thought I could pay my rent with this. It's like, well, at least right now in some, some kind of new future shift, the, if you're trying to do this, you got to be on the road. Like you have to self promote, uh, um, at least that's the way I see it. Um, uh, ain't no fun sitting around waiting to be a rock and roll millionaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of almost the old, the older thing of like, you don't need to wait around and ask for, you know, wait for permission, you know, you know, just, you know, the obvious, you know, beating a dead horse of the old DIY thing, you know, like get out there and fucking do it. And, and if you're doing it enough, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's God an amazing it. quote. What it's a great, perfect. <laughs> what, a, what a great quote, right? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely perfect, yeah. So what what would you say that you learned most from your time in Torch, then, as far as that goes? Because I don't feel uh, like, I feel like as much as like Torch was, wasn't as very open as a band, I feel like certain parts of the process are very purposely closed off, which I absolutely appreciate like i don't think everything should necessarily be an open book but I'm, I'm curious as an insider you know what kind of lessons did you did you take away uh communication is huge you know it's it's you're you're married to everybody you know so it is i think you know learning you know always face-to-face communication is the best uh um sitting someone down you know in in the you know finding you know uh Honing it as a skill, um, and and you know, rela- it's, relationships take work. You're in a, you're in multiple relationships. You know, it takes work. You know, it'll take awkward conversations. You know, you have to sort of get over the the you know squirminess of sitting someone down and learning how to speak to people. You know, without offending them. I know I've done that in the past. Sometimes I can just be too direct. You know, in a band setting, I just you know, I did like that about the Torch guys because. It's not about, you know, I'm as sensitive as they come, but like, 
when you're just writing, you know, and it's something not working, you know, somebody goes, nah, don't like it. It's just not working for me. And you're like, all right, cool. Move on to something else. You know, try a different idea. I'd rather do that than, you know, go in with a soft shoulder and it's a part you don't, you just read something about, you know, specifically like songwriting or something, you know, where it's just not working. And bands... I'd be like, yeah, I guess that's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and you secretly hate it and you hate playing that song every night and then a year later you're like, fuck, can we not play this fucking song anymore? I fucking hate it. Oh, like, man, okay, well, that's a drag, you know, and it's not about every song is going to make you thrilled every single night. You know, every oh, of course not. You're going to get sick of, you know, if you're touring hard. Um, it's just nature of the game. Like, uh, um, but yeah, communicating well, you know, learning how to speak to others, you know, in a, as neutral as possible when, when, when you have the same goals. And making sure you do, everybody still does have the same goals. Everybody's still in the same page. We all still down to do this. Like those goals change sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. and that's no no harm, no foul. It's just people change, right? You know, right. I and mean, it's like, yeah, you're not going to hurt my feelings. What will hurt my feelings is if you're bullshitting me. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that will be ma- that will make me mad. Like you can just be straight up. You don't have to be cruel, but just be straight up. You know, uh, and uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, communicating. I mean, what I said earlier, uh, that um, how close, you know, for a band that's working hard, it really is right there. You know, I mean, within a, a year to three years, if you're putting in solid effort, you know, I would argue, you know, if you've got something, you know, just, you know, if you're trying to write, record, and tour, you know, that means you want people at your shows, you know, uh, if you've got something... Uh, that people are going to take time and money that they earned out of their day to come see you, you know. Uh, yeah. So, just, so, what, know, so then where cross you your st- fingers and right, right. Sorry to just barge right in as I normally do, but You're right, yeah. <laughs> so then, where do you stand on the idea of, of being like you know, kind of the the essence of like an artist versus you know the performative aspect of like the show and like putting on a show for the people and whatnot. Because I always right. felt like you were nestled pretty, pretty safely, you know, right between, right down the line for that. But where do you feel yeah. like that balance is? I think it, it's up, it's up to the individual and up to the band. I mean, I think if you're, I think people who argue that it is only about, you know, sort of, I'm just, I'm gonna, you have to couch my words, and I'm going to get off track here really quick. Uh, if you know the the sort of anxious, you know, quote unquote weird dude is like, no man, I fucking hate it. Like, I don't want to write songs for like, then, you know, chill in your basement, write songs for yourself. Maybe put them online. Maybe don't, you know? Uh, but I don't, I think, yeah. Another thing over the years, uh, the sort of uncomfy fact is if you are writing, recording and touring, you are in, a creative and artistic endeavor, you're also in the entertainment industry. And that doesn't mean like industry, you know what I'm saying? Like you are in a part (laughs) of the entertainment world. Like, sorry, dog, that is the hard goddamn truth. And you don't have to feel embarrassed about, I mean, there's one thing of like putting on an act and even that, like it's another form of art, you know, I mean, I'm no diehard kiss fan, but I mean, people can bag on them from a lot of, for a lot of reasons, you know, Gene Simmons in particular, you know, uh, 
but those guys, you know, put on a show. It was a different kind of experience. You know what I'm saying? Where sure. they're bringing in almost like a theatrical kind of thing. And they did it on purpose. You know, they had a vision, and that's what they did. You know, and it doesn't mean that everybody has to go out and put on a show. I mean, I think, you know, Van Halen, I'm definitely a diehard fan. Uh, you know, I mean, some bands, it'll just be concern for, like, lighting. You know, we want cool lights and a smoke machine. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, maybe you're not like a neon Budweiser sign immediately behind us or something, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. But, but uh, yeah, totally. But, like, a live show, man, it's about creating a vibe. It's about creating something, you know, sort of transcending. You want, you know, the, my favorite shows is, like, is when you go <laughs> and you feel something, you know? like Sure. As a thoroughly non-religious person myself, you know, maybe that's, you know, the closest feeling I'll get to going to church, you know, <laughs> it, like where it, it, it's, it's not about community. It's not, it's, it's part of it, I suppose, but uh, yeah, art versus, I, I think it, it all kind of, there's, it all blends together and it's just how, how much of each world you want to kind of pull in, um, it's almost like the show uh, is the transformative experience to kind of transcend the banal minutia and, <laughs> and yeah. vagaries of daily life. Right. I mean, you know, you think about it, 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 I always try to keep it on my mind. You know, it's like, hey, especially, ooh, <laughs> like, <clears throat> again, can't even think, I really feel like it is some old man bullshit when people are on stage and they're like, hey, put your fucking phones down. Put your goddamn <laughs> phones away and, and participate. Like, man, like, shit has changed, old man. Like, like people need to rock the way I want them to rock. Like, right. like, leave them alone. Like, they chose to come see your goddamn band. They chose to take time and money out of their day to come see you. You know, you're, like, you're not up there doing them a favor. You know, like, it's, it should be participatory. But I'm not going to tell someone how they should participate in in my band's fucking show. Yeah, there's no you know, like there's no correct way to rock except for you cannot rock yeah, flip flops. Like, That's the one thing you can't do. But anyway, totally, no shorts on stage, no flip flops. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, you know bands I mean? that do like, rock with flip flops, by the way, and it still bums me out. But I try not to. Be <laughs> by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, and I and I know I I will entertain. I understand the frustration. Believe me, it's like oh man. I mean, I've been at shows. You know where, where we were overseas, Holland or something, and um, and it was a smaller room. And I mean, everybody, we would finish a song, and there would be like loud clapping and stuff. But during the set, it was just blank stares, just people right up to the edge of the stage, just staring at you like dead eyed. And it really, un, it's unnerving. <laughs> Man, will you sure, just, like, yeah. will you will you liven up? Like, what is happening here? And then at the end of the set, everybody went nuts. And it's cheering super loud, and you're like, "What?" Everybody looks incredibly bored. You know, so you, you can never tell. You don't know how someone is experiencing your show, and if they if they want to if they want to take pictures of your band and put it on Instagram and do Snapchat videos, you know, like how old are they? You know, like it's a different world. You know, let them do their thing. You know, and also they're promoting your goddamn band. <laughs> you know, like. Like I, I think it's just uh, for real, yeah. I mean, extremely inconsiderate and extremely rude and super douchey to get to scream at people like how they should be participating in your show. They totally disagree with me too. I understand that. Like each their own. I just, I you will never catch me doing that. Like everybody, put on a goddamn cowboy hat. 
what the hell? <laughs> like, you're totally disrespecting my band. What? You didn't bring it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really, you know, you have to think of it in a more philosophic way. Uh, I told you I was going to go off on a chair. So, uh, yeah, you have to recenter me here. Well, yeah, okay. So I think what, what, you're, <laughs> right, what, you're, what you're talking about is kind of taking the idea of, you know, there's this self-awareness aspect that, you know, that's fine. And, and that can be something that uh, can even present a, a great show in and of itself. But it's when it's applied mm-hmm. in a wrong way, it's like anything, right? Like yeah. a, a phaser pedal is a privilege, not a right. You know what I mean? And like sure. in, that, in that same way, like having like a self-awareness of like wanting to have the audience be a certain way, you right. can go from being a control enthusiast to be freakish about it. And I think that that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And, I, it, you know, <clears throat> and I'm not talking about you know, I don't know, bands stopping shows. I mean, although there there are the ones that do, it's just, <clears throat> it just makes me squirm and it makes me angry as a fan. You know, I also go and see shows. What if somebody was mad at me for, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just like, man, shut, shut the fuck up and play, you know, like, <laughs> and it's not about, you're not allowed to have an opinion, you know? No, no. Uh, it, it, it's just like, God damn it, man. Like, totally disrespectful like you're not considering the bigger picture man like this these people chose to come see you they chose to take money you don't know what their job is what their life is like maybe that was their last fucking five to fifteen dollars for the week that they could spend freely you know I've and totally done to that by spend, the way you know at the same <laughs> you know and you know like and you still want to say hey and you know like yeah he came up to the merch table and the said he didn't have enough money to buy anything but i totally saw him with a beer like okay so maybe a friend bought him a fucking beer like yeah. shut up <laughs> like god damn it yeah like musicians we can we're you know clearly <laughs> sensitive bunch you know and uh uh yeah comes with the territory um as david lee ross once so <laughs> quasi-racistly said you buy the land you get the indians Oh, wow. Is that a real quote? Holy crap. I yeah, heard yeah. that one like, before. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, hey, it's the world of rock and roll, man. You buy the land, you get the Indians. Oh, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, get the, I get the sentiment, dude. I think it's probably, you know, it was the 80s. <laughs> well, and, and, like, oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the less said about that, the better. So when... <laughs> Well, it's funny you bring it up because, like, with when you bring up Van Halen, who I also, you know, I, I quite like Van Halen when they were great, and I still yeah. am even still fascinated by them when they're not. Like, it's still like a fascinating sure. scenario that we could have a whole sub podcast. Oh God, yeah, yeah. About. I mean, like, we me don't on. need to get yeah. into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I always felt that like one of the things that really struck me when I first heard Tilt is to, and it wasn't even like I, like I didn't hear like Hot for Pizza first or anything. It just it was it mm-hmm. literally just. I felt like, oh wow, here's a band kind of embodying all of what I love about hard rock, but kind of coming at it from a punk rock place, like kind of like coming at it with, you know, not necessarily the excess, but like taking like the cool parts, like in the same way that, like the fucking champs kind of took like all like the super cool, you know, harmony yeah. Iron Maiden stuff, yeah. and they like mixed it together with like it kind of was like, come from a Black Flag place, you know, and I thought that was like yeah, the best yeah. thing ever, <clears throat> yeah. I felt that like when I first heard Tilts that it was coming, you know, oh, this is like, you know, Cheap Trick and ACDC and Van Halen, but it's like coming at it from like a, a real place that is from where I'm from. And so then it yeah. really resonated with me as well as it did with, with many others because of that. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I know there was certainly a, um, 
you know, both a natural progression, but also kind of kind of a a planned thing for that band to be that way, right? To kind of celebrate those things, but kind Absolutely. of bring your, your own take to it. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, all all four of us, you know, very old friends, you know, I mean, just in tears. 100% of the time when we're around each other, like barely get anything done because we're just like dying, laughing. Um, I will say a lot of the sort of overall MO was Andy White's uh, sort of uh, influence on the band. You know, just sort of like, don't give a fuck. Yeah, let's rock. You know, like, cool, don't care. And I'm so ready. To, like, yes, dude, I'm right there with you. You know, like, yes very free it's very relaxing you're like man this song is totally like this part is this part from this van halen song like eh, don't care uh you know not in a cheesy you know like over the top ripoff way i mean although yeah i mean come on we have a song called hot for pizza like right this uh, isn't exactly subtle yeah (laughs) yeah like we didn't care and then it's like you sort of celebrate it and uh and just you just have a good time man we had a goddamn blast i miss those dudes desperately um all such talented players. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, no, fuck it. That sounds cool. You know, that's great. You know, super supportive. I mean, crank out three songs of practice. Like, oh my God, we're just prolific as hell. I mean, I wish we would have, you know, with Ken's passing, obviously, you know, put a stop to it. We thought a very, very, very briefly about, uh, maybe getting another drummer in same, you know, the, the keep the three of us together, get a new drummer, same attitude and approach, but just give it a different name. Uh, but then it was like, eh, I'm living in Atlanta now. Like <clears throat> Andy, you know, yeah, lives. Holy shit. You know, uh, you know, divorced, remarried. Now he has a child. Uh, you know, so everybody with real lives, it's sort of, it's like, yeah, you know, like, let's just, let's just be this, let let this fun, cool thing be, what it, you know, what yeah. it is and what it was. And it seemed like uh, Ken's parts uh, was were so intrinsic to what made that band what it was. Oh, too. my God, yeah. I mean, Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it just a, a crushing loss to the drumming world, to the world of my friends, you know, one of my, you know, oldest and closest friends. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it was it was devastating. And um, But it was also really cool to see, you know, they did a... Uh, when he was having trouble with his, because uh, he had solid insurance, but then just being out of work, uh, uh, bills start to pile up. So there was a big thing, like local rock radio station, KC95, did this huge thing, like, you know, kill Ken's bills. And I think they raised something like twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000. And there was like, I mean, I, I heard upwards of 2,000 people showed up. There was, they did a muscle car show. There was, you know, like, it was this whole huge deal and Ken was just completely blown away. You know, he just kept saying, he's like, I don't, like, I almost feel guilty. He's like, I wish everybody at one time in their life gets to experience this. Like it, it was the most amazing feeling. I've never, you know, that level of support, you know, that, Hey, we've that got level your back. Of love. Kind of thing. Yeah. There's that level yeah. of just engagement to be like, Hey dude, we give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be completely spoken, overwhelming, yeah. but he, he's, he's yeah. a dude that like, seemed, you know, I, I know he, Gave a lot to the world musically, but seems like he, you know, gave a lot to the world uh, personally as well. And that's, uh, I guess, that's what happens, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. No, extremely passionate dude. I love Andy White, just the king of uh, the way with words. Um, uh, I think he was in. Yeah. Just can you know, a sensitive guy. And Andy always used the phrase, big dude, big feeling. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> man, you're totally right. Like, God. And uh, yeah, just, you know, as, as much as he could be upset or sort of cynical about stuff, he was super hilarious and warm, welcoming and generous and amazing. And like, and I mean, I'm extremely lucky to be playing with Bobby and Derek right now. I mean, Bobby to me is neck and neck, you know, as far as the, the kinds of rock drumming that I like, where there's a really, really strong, like deep John Bonamy kind of groove. Yeah. And then also like a, a creative approach to like facility, you know, so to keep it, I love loud, exciting drums. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I've been lucky. Yeah, man, and it's it's uh, it, I'm excited to do. Um, you know, it definitely feels like the Dead Now stuff that I've heard kind of picks up the uh, pick, picks up right where Tilt's kind of left off to a certain degree, but it's its own entity at the same time. And I don't know, you know, I don't know their other band. I only know them by mm-hmm. by reputation and name. But you know, I'm I'm excited to to hear that recording you have. I'm excited to, to see what you guys are up to. Like it's. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say it's just weird because it's like being disconnected necessarily, like geographically. You're sort of like, oh wow, like what's going on? Like, <laughs> like sure. what's happening? And and it's <sighs> it's, which I mean, in the interest of full disclosure, like you know, <laughs> you and I are even like friendly enough as dudes, but like still yeah. just not having that. You know, no one's. This isn't like a Kardashian-esque press release about anything. <laughs> like, wow, what's happening? You know? Wait, what? Yeah, like wait. Yeah. <laughs> You told me different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the gist is, yeah, we, you know, we're getting the stuff together, and then we were tracking stuff with our good friend, also an excellent dude, killer drummer, Josh Lamar. He played for a while in Mondo Generator with Nick Oliveri. He lives here in Atlanta and does works as an engineer and a welder and plays drums in a bunch of bands. Uh, and he, you know, was gracious enough to just gift us, you know, some tracking time, came to our practice space and just threw up some mics and we did some live stuff that we were going to put up on Bandcamp free, you know, just to sort of get something out there as soon as possible and then write and then record something, you know, more quote-unquote pro. And we were in the middle of, like, mixing stuff with him. We played the show with Red Fang and uh, not tooting our horn here, but those guys, you know, at least to our faces, uh, were like, man, Red Fang, more like Red Fan, dude, your band rules. Like, what the hell? Like, totally stoked. And uh, I think a few shows later, they were in New York City. Bob Lugow from Relapse, Torches, uh, well, I believe still current label, yeah. Uh, Bob is a dude to end all dudes. He's such a beast, such a cool guy, absolute sweetheart, works his goddamn dick off. <laughs> and... Uh, his uh, other label is Brutal Panda. He and Mike uh, Lara or Lara. Um, um, and it's a smaller label. But anyways, yeah, so uh, Red Fang plays, and I think it was Brian Giles from Red Fang was talking to uh, Bob guest about of the show. us. Yeah, and he's, he's like, man, uh, he's like, dude, I, got, I don't know exactly what he said, but you know, a couple of days later, Bob hits me up. I hadn't spoken to him in about a year after you know, getting ousted from Torch. He'd say I really would have no reason to really speak with him. <clears throat> but it hit me up out of the blues. Okay, man, these guys said, I need to check this out. Like, do you have anything 
to uh, to send me? Are you are you you know or talking with any labels or whatever? I'm like, man, this is so awesome you're hitting me up and uh, or hitting us up and uh, yeah, send him those Josh Lamar tracks and yeah, he was stoked and he was like, man, these do sound really good, especially he told me their jam room demos. They sound killer. Like I think we might need something more like a little bit more controlled, you know, studio setting, you know, what do you think you can do? What do you think you can work with? And so we hit up, uh, my good friend, Andrew Wiggins. He used to play guitar in a band called Hawks. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I work with him at Acorn. He's a killer dude, really good engineer. Um, I met him once and so that has, means he's real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he's got a studio set up and, uh, and yeah, we talked it over and also like Josh, you know, very much on the same page as far as like, sounds we're trying to get you know and understanding what we're going after and so yeah uh that's all getting done right now i mean i'll be in the studio again tomorrow to do second guitar tracks and sort of a couple lead overdub things and then we'll do knock out the vocals i mean it's got to happen quick like all this has to be mixed and mastered i think we have like a two week <laughs> in oh, about wow. two weeks time no, no pressure <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah yeah so, like, we're basically at the end of the road, you know, and Ligon's work fast. Uh, um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, getting Orion Landau from, uh, like, sort of in-house relapse uh, graphic design and arts dude to help us out with the cover. I think Derek, our bass player, does really killer illustration. We're going to do an insert of some kind. But the whole point is, like, man, I wish, while I wish we could have had something out sooner, you know, cause now it seems like it's taking forever for people to be like, what the hell are you doing? And I, yeah. I see the live videos, but you know, I want to hear the recorded version. Like what's the vision. And, uh, well, um, yeah. To, from, from an outsider perspective to me, it doesn't feel like that way at all. It just feels like you're taking your time. And I think that that's something that <laughs> having done it, both yeah, ways, yeah. I actually yeah. <laughs> far more value the taking your time and waiting until you're ready to, do your thing approach as much as yeah. I mean, when you're doing, you're like, Oh my God, this is the worst. I wish it was right now. (laughs) Right. And we were in agreement. Bob was in total agreement, you know, that, um, you know, if it's debut release and not that it's like, excuse me, nobody feeling any pressure, but it's like, Hey man, you can't be like X torch. And you come out with a kind of limp, kind of shitty looking, shitty sounding, album it'll be like oh no wonder they canned him <laughs> i mean it's it's not even in my top 20 of their favorite songs but popular pop combo fugazi that's what that song uh, waiting room is about and i always you know kind of when i yeah. found that out i started like oh cool kind of took that to heart and kind of like oh interesting okay hmm. yeah you know and it's yeah you know still not like i said not even my top 20 songs from that band but <laughs> you know like it, yeah. it's a sentiment yeah, yeah. That, that that i think Especially when you're, oh God, we're really stoked about this. We want everybody to hear it, but you know, it's okay to like wait <laughs> a little bit longer until it's actually of ready course. to be in in the world. Yeah, yeah, get it, do it, do it right. You know, sort of take advantage of every opportunity. You know, like every angle. You know, not like work people, but take advantage, especially as a new release, new band. You know, like one of the strongest things you have in your arsenal is a sort of dark horse thing. You know, so you sort of, if, you know, I love a band that comes out of nowhere and just smokes me, you know, like, uh, exactly. and, uh, yeah, it's super exciting. You're like, all right, cool. Like, you know, get to see something sort of in its, uh, incipient, if you will. Am I using that word correctly? Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I believe so. Yeah. 
<laughs> can you Google check? Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get yeah, our people I mean, on that. Can you? <laughs> God damn it! Uh, <laughs> the active process but, uh, of bringing or being brought into existence. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I took comp three. Uh, yeah, you thought I was kidding, uh, right? We got our people on that, buddy. That's how we work around here. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, we had a team uh, of five interns that brought that to me on a Sanskrit piece of paper. <laughs> Sanskrit yeah. piece of paper? It make sense. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just wanting it done right, wanting it to look good, you know, something we can all be proud of and not be, like, making excuses for, you know, on tour, going like, yeah, we wish we had more time. I know it looks like shit. I'm like, we're probably going to have to remix it and remaster it again, but I don't know. Like, oh, man, like, you know, there was, it's, it's a record from a band. There's going to be things you're unhappy with, but that's what the next record is for. You know, you write exactly. more songs. You know, you, you keep doing. And, uh, yeah, uh, extremely, extremely excited to get Bobby and Derek in front of people because uh, in Torch, the old man came out with us for a little, I think about two-week run, and uh, I might have shoehorned him onto that tour a little bit, you know, right, like right. sold the booking agent pretty hard on him. But like they were killer, and every night they smoked everyone. And every, like, who are you? Like, what? Like, what have you been doing? Like, where did you How come I never from? Heard of you before? Yeah, and they're just very sweet guys. They're not out all the time, you know. They they play shows when they want to, and, and they do their own thing. And uh, I mean, that was the way I felt when I first saw him at Five Nine here in Atlanta. Uh, you know, there was maybe 15 people there, which blew my mind. And I just stood there and watched their entire set. And, you know, and afterward, I'm just like starstruck and talking to them, going like, who are you? What is happening? You know, like, how can we work together? Yeah, and how so, can we make yeah, this happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it all kind of finally came together. Uh, you know, I think I was working to the door at Five you know, and they came up and, hey, man, like, welcome back from tour. How was it? I'm like, well, uh, I'm not in the band anymore. They're like, what? No way. Oh, dude, that sucks. I'm like, yeah, it's a drag, but, you know, hey, you know, shit happens, life goes on. And, uh, the, you know, like, dude, uh, dude, should we, should we start jamming, man? Should we, like, start a band? <laughs> and I believe that is exactly how it started. Yeah, so got together, started noodling around, and they're the most fun to play with because the two of them have, they've been playing together for a while and have just, an incredible intuitive sort of thing happening, very synchronistic. And, uh, the kind of thing that, that awesome experience where, I mean, Ken, Ken and Sean and Andy were the same way in from tilt. So it's like, you have it again, where somebody's just, you know, I'm still plugging in my pedal board and, uh, and those guys are just jamming on something, just shitting out, whatever, you know, just noodling around. And then they'll go into a change that has another change with like accented stops and stuff, like like really wild. And I'm like, why are you guys holding out on me? Like that's what are you? What's that? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We're just fucking around. <laughs> like, right. What? And I'm not talking about yeah. Like it sounds like a complete song. I'm like, what? Like, oh, I think we just kind of go through the same kind of tropes all the time. Like, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's fucking impressive, you know. So it's writing, you know. Eventually, it all becomes a struggle, but yeah, so far, it's just an absolute blast and super fun and super easy um, to just get ideas, you know, and, you know, the, 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 the feelings that I live for, especially writing, where you get the chills on your arm, where you really got something, or at least it's exciting, exciting to you. Well, yeah, and then, I mean, I guess that's, you know, really, that's what it's all about, right? You know, if you're, if you're not making music that excites 
the people oh, making the music, yeah, yeah. how can you expect anyone <clears throat> yeah. else to get stoked right. about it, right? Right, right, right. So what, I mean, coming back to all the way to the Riddle of Steel days, like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you feel like, do you approach recording records differently now? Like, do you feel like you've, you've changed your approach? Do you feel like it's kind of very consistent? Uh, uh, I, I'm sort of down with whatever. Uh, it was a, it was far more, I guess, the word I would use is rigorous in Torch, uh, whereas I prefer a little bit, you know, I'm cool with, like, hey, dude, we're in a we're in a loud rock band, you know. Like, let's just get it done. Like, I don't want bullshit. I don't want sloppiness. But like, uh, yeah, this the Dead Now stuff we recorded, you know, the bass drums and guitar uh, live, you know, basic tracking all done live in one room, you know, with the dividers, you know, to sort of get as much separation as we can, but not sweating bleed, you're not sweating. You know, I'd rather have an intense vibe or a really exciting moment or a really killer take versus a totally isolated drum sound. Like Steve you know, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's sort of, it, you know, when you get to that, I mean, it's just a different way of doing things. To me, it feels like the least rock and roll approach. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, all the Riddle of Steel stuff was done that way. You know, at least us all in a room, even though, like, the amps were in, like, isolated rooms, we were all in a room together. You know, so you retain mm, yeah. a sort of uh, realness, a sort of analog moment of, of you know, getting that one really good take all the way through. Not a bunch of goddamn punch-in, not a bunch of editing, you know, in post, uh, uh, you know. Trying to do it, yeah, just like... The way our, our heroes did, you know. Right. So, so you felt, I think you said rigorous was more like what the Torch recording experience was? Yeah, yeah. And if you learn, you know, it's just a different way of doing things. I remember recording on Minecraft, uh, you know, recording, I think, uh, like six tracks. I might have to be the. Yeah, I'm sorry. Three tracks for the left side, three tracks for the right side. But then doing take after 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 take, where it's very, very, very fine tooth combing. You know, I would have a different opinion, different approach. It's not that it doesn't work because I think those records sound killer. You know, uh, it's just a different way of doing things. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you really hone what you're doing to a precise degree. <clears throat> and, uh, that's fine. Um, like I want to be the guy who's not editing out the kick drum pedal squeak in a Zeppelin track. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. It doesn't necessarily sound like austere and pristine so much as it sound like rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And Bobby and Derek and I are very much on the same page in that regard. And uh, Wiggins, who did our stuff, same, you know, coming from that same place. Um, wanting something more old school and sort of vibey than really, really isolated and modern and precise. Um, uh, because I, you know, people wondering why they can't get those old sounds. I mean, part of it is analog gear and two inch tape, which is extremely expensive to do and extremely expensive to maintain. So you do your best with digital gear, but you know, a lot of the vibe is lost because you're trying to make instruments and recorded tracks sound, you know, you sort of like, manipulating them so hard into this sort of Frankenstein thing that doesn't feel like a song anymore. You know, the sort of heart is cut out, you know, when you're right. sure it's, it seems more like parts 
<laughs> coming together. Yeah, yeah, and that's just, yeah. I want to make clear that's just how I feel about it. I'm not saying the other way is wrong. I'm saying I, I can imagine a million scenarios where that's absolutely no, no. It's okay. I'm saying uh, that it's wrong, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> some shit I don't ever want to do again. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, there's every once in a while something cool can come out of it, but it's usually the exception that proves the rule from my perspective. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So much, so much, especially Led Zeppelin is vibe. It's right. It's it's uh, the symbol. The symbols like brick walling. You know, there's the drums are actually clipping the mic, clipping the input. You can hear it from good times, bad times on. And it's Jimmy Page going like, Nah, yeah, I see the meters in the red. That shit sounds great. And I'm like, Yeah, like that's what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that we've gone as a modus operandi kind of further away from that to the point that you know people kind of there are people that record things so it sounds good on you know MacBook speakers and things like that where it's like really? oh totally that's no and, what we're and going like, for? That's a, yeah and it's a drag but it, again with the sort of like chill out old man that's like hey shit changes and it's like well you know. It, I'm not saying like rock music for young people, dude. You got to write for young folks. It, it can be for whoever, but yeah, the media, like the sort of uh, how people are taking it in, earbuds probably incredibly common, or car stereo, or I don't know. You know, like I don't know. I mean, you master for vinyl, you master for cassette, you master for digital. You know, those. You know, you you do have to tailor it to the medium to a certain degree, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea, but <laughs> recording, I think, yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know, it, it's, I think it's worth mentioning, like, it's a different esoteric nerdy subject to be sure, but, I mean, I think it matters, and it's, yeah. more, like, that ethos matters as well. And I think, yeah. I've, I've seen otherwise awesome bands sort of, like, <clears throat> fall into certain missteps where, okay, cool, so you just recorded something that's going to immediately sound dated, like, of its time. Like you've oh, really dated yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like aesthetically, I think that's pretty huge. Um, you know, I get it. You know, sometimes it's just the cheaper. Like we ran out of time. I'm just going to have to, you know, sound replace your drum. You know, there's just too much bleed. It's just insane. So I'm just going to replace it with trash can lids. I think that'll be best. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and you can, you know, I yeah, it's going to be yeah. Was it yeah. Agent Orange actually did that? I think on the alternate version of one of the songs on the first record, uh, they, they, oh, wow. there was some like weird error on the um, some just ugly sound <laughs> on the cymbal tracks, so they opened up trash can lids instead, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and there is obviously I'm aware of the completely counter argument where it's like, no, you know, it's going back to the Beatles and the Beach Boys, where no, the studio is also an instrument. That's totally down. Like. I would, you know, I would be okay. You know, I've never really done that too much in the studio. I think that would be a blast to give it a shot. You know, like, no, let's just ELO the fuck out of this thing and and make it sound overproduced in a really cool way. You know, like, let's spend a lot of time in the studio creating this thing. But then, it's, you know, I get, I go, I waffle back and forth between that and the live show. You know, you're not going to be able to recreate all these things that are in like, the details become really important in people's heads and in their ears. And if they're not there live, it sort of feels kind of lacking. 
So that's so that's a good that's actually a good subject because how do you feel about things about like live and uh, versus recorded? Because uh, I've kind of recently changed my perspective on this. You know, coming mm-hmm. from the world of you know the, the songs are are toured out and you play them a hundred thousand times till by the time you record them, you know, there's no life in them whatsoever. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah, they live or yeah. die. Like yeah. that world to kind of doing things where like, oh yeah, there's whole songs that just never ever even get played live and that's okay. Like that's yeah. that, that that makes it you know, it's all right that not every song gets played live. Like it's Oh, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. I mean do you think yeah. that when you're like as far as and I guess we're speaking about more baroque or just sort of ambitious arrangements and, and things along those lines, but right. I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that that's in this day and age and this oversaturated world of every song ever being available immediately, no matter what, all the time, always, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Netflix and frickin' Hulu and whatever sure. the hell else, sure, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Making records versus like playing live. I mean, it's a classic question, but I mean, has has your position shifted at all on that? Like, do you feel that that's uh... not by much? I mean, I've always been like a, a a really awesome record should sound like the not not like a live show, but create the same feeling and sort of power and excitement uh, of any band I've been in. You know, like like as a us you know, at our best show and our, our, you know, best possible foot forward, you know, um, on an album. Yeah. Like you said, I, no problem with there being like, ah, you know, this track is, you know, maybe, you know, you're on tour with some really intense bands and you sort of tailor your set, you know, you think it'll, you know, go over better. I don't know. I mean, oftentimes you just, just be yourself and do your thing and do it well and do it confidently. You know that 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 works as well, uh, strangely enough. Uh, um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I don't really have a super strong opinion, other than yeah, it's like with the, with like current band with Dead Now, like there's just three of us, and we can make a lot of noise between just the three of us. Um, there's a lot of stuff we haven't even broke ground with, doing harmonies, doing you know some gang vocal ideas, uh, Derek bringing in. Uh, since maybe you know doing some low endy stuff or whatever um like i'm down but i would definitely be i'm definitely hesitant to, to go too far in a studio setting with songs we're going to be playing all the time uh sure and and i mean i i guess that makes sense but i mean have you ever been in a situation where you know like we were talking about zeppelin earlier right like <clears throat> I think the crunge is fascinating, but it's not necessarily the best Led Zeppelin song. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not as bad as yeah, I yeah. think it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's not yeah. fantastic either. Mm-hmm. And have you ever been in a situation where you like wrote or recorded a song and there was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Dot dot dot, and <laughs> you know, like yeah, you, I mean, yeah, that happened in Torch. I mean, there was God. Now I'm blanking on the name. It was on Harmonicraft. It's. Uh, <laughs> sort of midway in the album. Uh, it had like really interesting sort of vocal break. Um, Jesus, was I even in this band? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like you should but, know better than my me. Point being, I do like yeah, that record. Being like, we, we never played it live ever. We never even learned how to play it all together. It was written sort of piece by piece in the studio in Miami. And then 
uh, Steve worked out the vocal parts and we recorded that way and we were happy with the way it was recorded but then like live it just didn't have the same sort of authority it did as the recorded version so it's like yeah it'll, it'll you know we're happy with it is you know as it is you know we don't need to try to you know, it's going to just gonna be too awkward to try to work this out or whatever our reasoning was. I don't really particularly remember, but yeah, I mean, that, um, I, you know, it can rub people the wrong way. I mean, this in riddle of steel, for example, Jesus, the last song on, uh, got the feeling aquiline. I think it's the last song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know anything anymore. Uh, Let me get the really, really chill song. <laughs> uh, it's a really, really mellow song, and we recorded that, you know, sort of like, and it just never felt, it was too chill to play live. You know, fast forward, like, five, ten years after the band was done, it's like our most popular song online. It gets downloaded the most, most YouTube really? plays, most Spotify plays. Yeah, it's so wild. It gets put on, like, sort of chill indie rock playlists, and, uh... Yeah, it's been the strangest thing. People are like, oh, man, I know that song, Aquiline. I listen to that in the kitchen all the time when I'm at work. Fuck yeah, I love that song. I'm like, how do you know that song? Yeah, why like, is we that, played that Yeah, we played that live in Philly one time ever, and there was maybe three people in the audience. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you just never know. People latch on to stuff. and you know, crazy, you, man. You thought, yeah, you thought you had the right opinion about it, and it like, turns out you he should have been playing that song the whole time. <laughs> so then as far as kind of looking at the entire body of work, like, you know, looking at all the bands, you know, what you learned from Brittle Steel, uh, you know, until it's mm-hmm. Torch and, and now going to Dead Now, where do you feel like it's coming from the same sort of place? Is it coming like from like kind of a newer uh, Parallax uh, view or like, you know, like what's what's... Nothing, I wish I had something more poignant to say. I mean, you, 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 you keep writing, you keep recording, you keep touring. And yeah, you hope to, uh, I've always wanted to just con- continue to get better at writing, yeah, writing music, you know, putting things together. I'm still not there, <clears throat> but, uh, and uh, it, it is, you'll never get to a point where you're like, ha, I've arrived, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a never ending chase, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, definitely still coming from the same place overall where I don't want to, I've never been in a band where there's like a songwriter, you know, nobody is laying down the law, like here's the riffs, here's the vocals, here are the changes, here are my parts, learn them. And you occasionally get to contribute, you know, that's never been, it was not the case in Riddle of Steel, not the case in Tilt, not the case in Torch, and definitely not the case in Dead Now. Like, I want to be in a band. Uh, and so still very much into that sort of approach. Uh, um, I still like, I mean, on my own, I don't listen to much loud or heavy stuff, uh, but, uh, still love doing it live and playing in a band, uh, you know, under that, in that sort of universe. Uh, but, um. Yeah, I mean, I think to get down into super detailed stuff, I'll be talking to you for another two hours. Yeah, I was going to say, I think at some point we do have to end it, for sure. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> but just that that does, I mean, we've hearkened, I, I honestly, I probably should have listened to, like, the last time I had Youngs. I think we might have covered this before. But as far as, just, like, listening to the kind of music that you make. Oh, that- yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's definitely changed. I mean, Riddle of Steel was more of a mathy thing, but not, we weren't like a math rock band. 
we got some interesting reviews. You know, I think uh, definitely more of a mathy sort of power pop thing, but still weird tunings, low tunings, you know, heavy guitar. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, and then Torch being super heavy, you know, the, the heaviest stuff I've done. But, um, and definitely sort of reignited my love of, you know, growing up on riffy bands, you know, <clears throat> with Dead Now, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, just something tuneful, uh, something, you know, that's going to go over well to the crowds we play for. And, and, and first and foremost, satisfy us. Um, uh, yeah, trying to not overthink things when you, when you shouldn't be, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it. I know there are some, you know, I, I, we can think of them. If we have more time, but you know, where they're kind of releasing the same kind of music forever. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ACDC. You know, I mean, like, like, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, I always got to try to do things. I mean, if, if money was an object, I would start. You know, the new version of Steel Ice Band. You know, <laughs> it would be weird Scottish English folk music. <laughs> you know, right, right, with a right, bunch right. of weirdos and zero all people seven people that want to listen to it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I would fucking love it. And someday, you know, I would love to, you know, just trying to find anybody who, you know, occasionally, you know, people know Martin Carthy, they know Bert Janch occasionally, you know, they know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm blanking on everything now. Uh, um, like Davy Graham and Wiz Jones, like old, English and Scottish and Irish folk guitar players, but like, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. As far as the type of music, it definitely changes and I'm okay with that. I mean, it still stays the same, especially when it's me singing in a band, you know, I think <clears throat> already prepared for people to be like, Oh no, it kind of sounds like little steel, man. It sounds a lot like torch. We can put out a fucking alt country record. And exactly. Go, Sounds a lot like Torch. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, it's just unavoidable. So I you have no. You can't um, deal with. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, literally do no not matter. care. <laughs> yeah. Just don't care. Yeah. Like, well, I was in the fucking band for six years. I'll write two records. So, yeah, probably. Uh, and it would be. And uh, having said that, it would be really odd if it was, you know. <laughs> Like if I was going like, fuck these dudes, I'm doing Torch Part 2. <laughs> you know, I have no interest in doing that. Yeah, like no interest. And especially with yeah, TV band members, like we have our own ideas. You know? Yeah, there's plenty of bands yeah, that do that, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. And they're not very good, usually. Yeah, it's super <laughs> awkward. Yeah, it's so cringy. It's like, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we get it. We get it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You do that one thing. Right on. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, it, there is a part in the new band of me sort of having not in a huge way, but having to check myself, you know, it's not that I have something to prove, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I would be lying if I said it wasn't on my mind. Well, and I, like I said, I think the, the slow burn approach of, of kind of letting it develop on its own and, and kind of develop its own voice and stuff. It, it seems like that's the right way to do it. You know, yeah. what I've heard of it was, was fantastic. It was, you know, I don't know what the expectations were, but it was expectations solidly met. <laughs> you Sweet. know what I mean? Thank you, man. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. <laughs> and I say yeah. that as, you know, someone that's been like listening to all your stuff for like a very long time, as you know. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, ex- I'm obviously when it's, when it's out, <laughs> you know, talk to me. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have you back on the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're in a pretty good place. Would you say yeah, that's the absolutely. case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could not be happier. A million wonderful things happening. Just got engaged, which is incredible. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like podcasts. Of, what would you call this? Live cast podcast? It's a, are, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a are, live, are it's a live thing on the internet that's podcasted, which is literally okay. what's in the description. Every time I see it, I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. Every time I see it. <laughs> and somehow this thing yeah. has an audience, and it's like, Literally every time I'm about to quit, like I get some like really nice email about like how much people listen to it and love it. I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like well, every time. Yeah, that is awesome. That's that's killer, man. Yeah, that's gonna, gonna put a good feeling in your heart. It, it does. I mean, it keeps it keeps you it keeps you putting one foot in front of the other at the very least, which is yeah, what yeah, yeah. For. yeah. Um, it's good talking to you, man. Thanks so much for doing the show. It's, oh uh, man, likewise. We won't we won't make it 104 episodes until next appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You know I love to talk, dude. Come on. Uh it's it's so good talking to you, Andrew. And um yeah, it's it, it seems like uh there's some cool stuff happening and I'm can't wait to hear the uh, recorded stuff, so uh go finish it off, would you? Awesome. Yeah, I'm getting back at it uh, tomorrow morning. Right on, brother. Appreciate it. All right, dude. Yeah, talk to you soon. All right, take care. All right, bye. There he goes, everybody. Andrew Elsner of Torch. What a cool guy. We didn't even talk about the fact that <laughs> Ozark Bowtie used to be the theme song, but yeah, whatever. Anyway, let's uh, let's listen to it too.
Touchdowns by Tilts. That's featuring our guest today, Mr. Andrew Elsner. So great to have him back on, man. Love that dude. Love everything he does. As you might have been able to gather <laughs> by that appearance. Can you hear me now? Excited for more dead now. Yeah, man. Cool. So I walked into this show feeling pretty shitty about everything, and I feel kind of okay. And uh, maybe that might be your experience as well. But if it's not, Are we going? that's totally okay. <laughs> oh, Josh is back next week. He's in New York right now. Uh, real quick, best of best of all wishes to Mr. Jeff Moody, who was going to originally uh, be on tonight. I moved Andrew up. Speedy recovery of the show and in general Jeff Moody as we come to the close of our broadcast day the name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal it happens Thursdays 8pm Eastern 7pm Central this is my farewell transmission 6pm out 5pm Pacific podcasted radioneutron.com for the archives Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Live listeners, we got Music On with Music Off coming up next. Anyone within the sound of my voice. It's Teenage Fan Club. I believe this was what the beginning uh, is. I've got 50,000 watts of power. It's going to be all right, man. That's my, that's my take on it. Ionize the air. More cool stuff coming up. Stay tuned this as always. Every Thursday. Turns sound into electricity. As always. Can you hear me now? It comes right down to it. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. Take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, Emergency!